Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. It's Jackie Cation and it's May. I will tell you that May, I'm all over the place. I am in Boston doing the Women in Comedy Festival, uh, the weekend of the 8th, May 8th. I am working all over Los Angeles doing various headlining sets for Andre Belikov, uh, who I don't know very well, but has booked me in things like Golita. So you can check my schedule on, on my website. I'm in Scottsdale at Stand Up Scottsdale the weekend of the 23rd and 24th. And I'm in Tacoma, Washington outside, uh, Seattle in its own city called Tacoma, Washington. The last weekend of May and then the first weekend of June, I'm doing Anime Con again, uh, Acon in Dallas. Live Dork Forests, stand-up comedy. That's right. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Those are the websites. Mike Rickberg just sang that song he composed with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen, and he will sing uh, the Mexican hat dance at the end of the show. Patrick Brady will fix this audio. And then Vilmos just updated my website, JackieCation.com, with some new headshots and stuff for, for people and a really great picture of me and Tiberius that the headshot guy took. Um, also on my website, there's plenty of merch. Dork Forest t-shirts, the new CD, the new DVD. This will make an excellent horcrux. So... Go for it. There's also a link on there to the $5 download of the DVD show if you just want to download it and watch it that way. The DVD has a bonus, one bonus track, and that's exciting. You could also just donate. Donate to the show if you are enjoying The Dork Forest. $8.33 a month is $100 a year, which is what I was hoping from each and every ranger. 100 bucks a year, 833 a month. I haven't made it easy. You're going to have to remember to do it. $8 in there, but there's a donation button on dorkforest.com, tdf.libson.com and jackiecation.com. There's turns out there's donation buttons around. This month's episode is sponsored by my sister and there is an ad. She's a helper magoo. She's a financial advisor with RBC Dane Rauscher and she's a good egg. So if you are looking for financial advice, I would recommend that you get in touch with my sister, Daryl Location, and you can hear her ad now. Thanks a lot for tuning in. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals, by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Dork Force live at Moon Tower. Moon Tower, uh, here we are in Austin, Texas, Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And, uh, sitting with me, I have, uh, Dork Luminaries, the Sklar Brothers. Thank you. 
Thank you. And uh, <laughs> let's let's check some levels as long as we're running this professionally, gentlemen. Uh, by the way, and is someone sitting next to that woman up there? Is there? There's no one. That's. I feel terrible for you at a dork forest thing to have like someone is literally sitting like balancing on top of one of the soundboards, and there's an empty seat right here. It's all right. It's hard to get to. It's hard to. It's get hard to, to get. get to. It's hard middle. to get there. And we also have uh, Aaron Foley in the house, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. That's very nice. Thank you. All right, you guys, here's what we know about the Dork Forest. People come on the show, they talk about what they love. Now, what these three have in common that we know that they love is obviously dance. Yeah, yes. yeah my God. Huge All dance. Flamenco, ballet, oh, God, yeah. modern. Drop it, tap, dropping it hard. Drop it like low. it's... Dropping it like it's lukewarm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Very big fan of that. My back goes out. There is, by the way, no uh, amplification system attached to this thing. Uh, they didn't think I needed one. It feels no. weird to, to talk, uh, into, talk something. into something that does not go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not plugged in. It's not even plugged in on no. the bottom. Well, I mean, yeah. it was like the first... Did you ever date guys at the beginning? Of- oh, those are the dark, horrible years. I, um, I was going to say, that's yeah. probably what this feels like. You're like... <laughs> What's, I know there should be something what, connecting here. What, what's the point of this? I don't understand. Hello, hello. This is not going to help me you at all. You have a sister. I've got this thing in front of my mouth, and it's not working. Uh, <laughs> for anybody, really. I do not feel safe with uh, any of this. So the, uh, clearly one of the things you love, besides woodworking and dance, uh, is... Um, Sports, and I said to Aaron Foley yesterday, I said, what season is it? Is it a season now? <laughs> is it a sports season? Is. is there a sport Every going on now? Every day is a sports season. Yeah. I yeah. mean, right now, it's the NBA, NBA, NBA playoffs, playoffs, NHL playoffs, and baseball uh, season. WNBA training camp started Don't on it. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were building up to that. So, uh, <laughs> you got to get the little ones out of the way and then make sure you make it to... She did mention also that the scheduling of next year's NFL came, came out. out on Wednesday night. It's the, Christmas. Which is, you know, it's, which is big for fantasy owners, fantasy football team owners, which is fantasy or people football. who are living in a fantasy. That's yes. right. Well, she said she pulled out her, her calendar and like was measuring yeah, it. Yeah, I got my daily planner out and <laughs> schedule them a Giants game. That's right. Well, she's And very, also like looking at like who can we beat. Like yeah. you start looking at like you're a part of the team. You're oh like, my God. Yeah. I got, we had back to back like week eight and eight and nine Seattle Seahawks and the next is 49ers. Easy. 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 <laughs> I mean, if you're as pessimistic as us, like cause we're so pessimistic about our sports, like as soon as like anything goes wrong with the team that we're rooting for, we're like, it's over. That's it. They lost. Yeah. Let's see. And fucking lost. Yeah, these guys pre-show last night were talking about the Blues winning, and it was like they it, lost. It, it was like right. the worst. They're like, oh god, well, I'm not, I'm not. no. The, blue, the Blues lost in overtime. They were they they were up in the series two nothing, just like last year against the Kings. They went up two nothing, then they lost four straight games. They've just lost their third straight game to Chicago, and I this is I I simply said this, and you can tell me if this is out of line. I said I think the Blues after this game. They need to go into the locker room. They need to take just a moment, get near a shower, take off their belts, and hang themselves. <laughs> Is that Quick too? Question. Why am I a bad guy for that? Quick question: What what kind of game do the Blues play? Hockey. 
<laughs> is it a basket? I told, I told Jackie, I was Hockey. like, if you want Hockey. us to mix it up, oh, I will. I literally will talk about my obsession with dancing and then chime in about sports. No, I mean, uh, we have many other obsessions, but sports yeah. is just, it's I don't just know. Fun. Are the Admirals still playing? Are the Milwaukee Admirals The Milwaukee still Admirals. Is that what? still a team? I don't know. I think that was from a tailhook convention. They all... <laughs> <laughs> they all got busted for sexual harassment, I think. Milwaukee That's Admirals, like the right? whitest probably team ever assembled, the Milwaukee Admirals. Admirals. Yeah, like that was the only basketball team that had epaulets on the side. <laughs> of the Very bad idea with the fringe hanging down, just terrible. I, I I went to a hockey game. I saw I saw them play the Admirals. I saw them play. So this was, I mean, granted, this was probably in the uh, the 1980s. Uh-huh. And so I don't think that they are still, I don't know. Possible. We're, we're going to confirm that they are actually not around. Well, yeah. that was a, well. It could have been right an in. NHL team. It was probably a, a minor league hockey team. Yeah. I don't know what they okay. were for, but okay. AHL or AHL. Yeah, okay. All or right. uh, something you. But I'll say this: we just we just commentated a fantastic ping pong tournament that right? happened right down at Palm Rock. It was awesome. I heard it was it was. Amazing, and actually, the sports quality, and we had a great time. We were just gagging around. It went the whole hours. Thing. It was but hours. It was, levels. It was, it was long. Well, we long first. Well, well, before we got here, we were like, "Well, I don't know if the crowd is going to focus because they had four games going on at once." We're like, "I don't know if it's going to people are going to want to listen to us for an hour and a half or two hours." But as we started doing it, and as the matches started, like like the tenor of the day started taking form and certain guys were really good and we were looking forward to them like meeting each other in the next round and it became like a real sports tournament and the final match was like as amazing as any like finals of any NCAA <laughs> it was like Berber like was Shane Berber Shane Berber you guys Shane know the Barber Berber yeah <laughs> Against Michael Downey. I don't know if his first name is Michael, but I'm calling him <laughs> Michael Downey. That's a good name. Michael and, the Fabric Softener Downey. And, so. and Downey had Berber Downey. It was 16 to 11. and He had it, him down 13 to 6 at one point. It was amazing. Then it was 16 to 11, and we're like, wait, th- it, it, this is over. And Berber was destroying everyone every match. And then he started working his way back up and working his way back into the match. And then it was like 17-17. Berber goes ahead 18-17. The crowd is into it. We're still trying to make it jokes. It was cheering. Yeah, mean, oh, no. Wow. It, it was an amazing athletic. Uh, these guys are sweating. Yep. You know, and that's... You don't think of it with ping pong, but Judah Friedland, I was telling you guys, yeah. Judah Friedlander came on, he talked about ping pong. He's the world champion. For one hour, he's the world champion. <laughs> he brought his ping pong kit. Yeah. He brought, uh, he brought a, he brought a roller bag to an audio event. Yeah. Smart. Uh, Smart. <laughs> With with his with his with 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 his own blades, they're not called paddles no. when you're at his they're level. They're called blades. They're called blades. Yeah. He plays wow. with Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon owns a chain of ping pong emporiums. Of course she does. I gotta and start playing ping pong. <laughs> There's a couple in L.A. There's a couple in New York, and uh, and I believe that that was. I one think of the Susan reasons. Sarandon at all of her ping pong outlets should sell like those really tall mom underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Making friends. What's happening? Uh, (laughs) It's uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. But it was exciting. exciting No, this was exciting, and it made us say, "This is why we love sports." And this is because we didn't know who was going to win. We had no idea, and the uh, excitement—it's—it's true drama where I think it does not exist in in other areas of this world. And so I don't know. It got us really excited. It's so weird when people are like, "How? Like, why are you so into sports? Like, I don't get it." And then I just think. 
Oh my God, how are you not? Like how, like it's like, it's such a huge part of my life. Like it's, it like literally I think about it nonstop. Like it, like I literally, like I wake up in the morning. Like last night I was like, Austin, like Austin is too much fun and I had to take a night off, which still included two gin and tonics and a piece of a pop brownie, but that's right. another story. <laughs> Tonight off in Austin. Tonight off in Austin. I would literally have to go into rehab every time I leave Austin, but <laughs> I went back to the hotel a little bit and I started watching the 30 for 30 about the Big East. Greatest thing I've and ever I seen. And I was up to like 2 a.m. being like, oh, that's right. You know, Raleigh mess with me. This is like 80s, like specific, like, and I, it was, I was like engrossed. It this was, was amazing. This How long are one of those 30 for 30 shows? Like Depends. An hour, an hour and a half? Two, yeah, hour. Some are two hours, some are an hour, some yeah. are an hour okay. and a half. Yeah, they're, okay. they're like incredible documentaries. It's you 30 of what to 30 of what, uh, what other? It's 30. Well, I think originally it was 30 filmmakers doing, doing 30 films. Yeah. Doing okay. 30 films. But I think it's expanded. Yeah. But last, okay. last summer, they did nine for nine. Did you watch those? Which was a title nine, yeah, the women's ones. Yeah. yeah, I did watch. They were I watched amazing. the Pat Summit one. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We had a Pat Summit joke. Pat Summit. We had a Pat Summit joke in our. And she's actually sick now, which is not great because she's a wonderful woman. They still do it. We just. Yeah. <laughs> we just said that like Bruce Jenner, when you watch him on the Kardashians now, looks like a Shetland Pat Summit, like a shorter <laughs> version of the winningest coach in women's NCAA basketball history. And he's out of the pantsuit and into a sweatsuit. I don't know why. <laughs> so we made that joke. It's nothing about her sickness, but I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we, the fact that we would make those jokes, I mean, we were downstairs, we, again, doing this ping pong thing, there was a moment, and I just remember watching tennis as kids, like our, I remember there's a distinct moment of our parents shopping for a car when our dad got his brown two-door Monte Carlo. Great idea to get a two-door with a family. Uh, <laughs> a door so heavy that like it took the whole family to open it to open it up it's <laughs> so like he would go, like he when we were kids he had a job he was he, second job second job selling real estate and he would go this is what it was like in st louis in like the early 80s late 70s he would go he would go and show a house keep, park in the driveway with us in the driveway in the car with the keys in the car and the car and we would listen to the cardinals game baseball game and he would show the house with a running car with your kids in the fucking car <laughs> And literally his excuse was, no one's going to be able to open the door. (laughs) (laughs) On their own. (laughs) But I remember shopping for that car at Weber Chevrolet in St. Louis. And How old were you guys? Probably like, this is like 79, okay? Seven. 77, uh, 78, 79, maybe around there. And we, we were, yeah, we were seven years old. We so were you were seven years old just sitting in the car listening to it. Well, that, right. yes, but I mean, so when they were shopping for the car, they, there was a small TV in the back playing like the US Open. And I just remember watching a Connors Borg tennis match. Okay. In the back of this car dealership and we were fixated and we just, uh, it's part of our childhood. Is, our is life. it because yeah. the sports are, um, that, that it's people at the top of their game. Like, will you watch at, uh, not professional sports? Will you watch college? Just, I love college. college. I love college. How about a pickup sports. game? A pickup, like, a, like if you walk past a basketball court. Are you just... And there are two children playing and one of them says, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them says, how long you been on crack? Everybody uh, misses, which is what happened when yeah. I, yeah, I pull up a- my van and I do a lot of watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kids, I've got towels inside hey, here. Hey, listen, uh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and some lemonade. Anybody thirsty? But I brewed, I I no brewed it myself. But but is it the skill of the animal? Is it the skill of the human being, yeah. or is it the drama that you don't know how it's actually going I to end? I think there's a mixture of both. Yeah, a mixture. Plus, I played sports. Um, so do we. And yeah. so, like when when you're playing all of them, what? <laughs> is I play it a little ch- hacky sack. Oh, yeah. I want in on yeah. that. You mean yes. foot bag? We call that foot bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember we did an episode of Cheap Seats, our show on ESPN Classic, where we would make fun of all these weird sporting events. And we watched a ton of sporting events. So we watched a ton of events and had to watch the whole thing in the raw footage of yeah. events that aren't really events, like super dogs, super jocks, like Olympic-style athletes and their dogs going through the exact same obstacle course together. <laughs> uh, like this- but, but, but- Obstacle I would watch, course. I would totally watch, I would okay. totally watch that. But obstacle course was too like it was like a four year old's birthday party. Exactly, it was <laughs> not an obstacle course. <laughs> but it was, and we would watch it, and you were kind of like, "Oh my I god, who's going to win this thing? Yeah. Is it going to be Mike Conley, the triple jumper, or Bill Lundquist, the swimmer? I mean, it's like you're, and and what the fuck is Mud Puddles doing? He's not picking it up. Get through the cones. What kind of dogs did they have? What kind of dogs did they, they have? A lot of Rottweilers and, and, and Golden Retrievers. I mean, we watched that. We would watch Beard and Mustache Championships. Like, there was a guy on Cheap Seats who had a, a beard in the shape of a check mark. To which we replied, he probably also has a check mark in the single column on his tax return. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Boom. Because that's a choice. Uh, but even that was like a competition. Or spelling bees, man. We would watch these like spelling bees and like once it started heating up and you saw like two kids like, like who seemed unstoppable, it was like, who's going to fucking win this thing? I'm not, I can't turn this off yeah. until so I see who wins. it is the competition. I think competition is a big part of it and, and it's just. And seeing people good at stuff. Right? Seeing people good at stuff. I mean, and also I kind of get into the, and this is why we kind of enjoy this whole dork forest thing is that I love that for some people, the world, that's their world. So they, I mean, there are kids who live with spelling bee coach. Their parents send them to live with a spelling bee coach. That's not weird or anything. Yeah. But that's, wow. that, that, they're like, we go to these competitions and you're going to win these things and that is their yeah. Followed by a lifetime world. of therapy and some <laughs> s- sweet drug use. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like Lori Kilmartin came on the Dork Forest and she talked about the Kennedys and not John Kennedy, Rose Kennedy. Uh-huh. Like John Kennedy's mom yeah. was what, who she and, and so the Dork Forest can be about whatever, you know, whatever it I can be. I just think if you're fascinated, that fascinated by a world and it consumes you to me, that's, I'm now already interested. I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you put yeah. your whole life into this. That is right. interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it is, it is true. It is, it is good. So what sports did you play, Aaron Foley? Well, yeah, I was like a little, were you, boy. Were, I, uh, I watched, I, I mean, I played everything. I played, were like, you a tomboy? I was. Now you can, you know, just say gay, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you gay? Freedom. <laughs> that word. Uh, but yeah, and also I'm a twin, uh. That's and, right, you guys are yeah. all fucking twins. I know. I know. I know. And we've been so friends weird. forever, so it's awesome. I know. Uh, yeah, so, so Megan is my twin in, uh, she was like a runner, right? She runs like marathons and I, we're like Megan exact. and Aaron Foley, are you guys Irish? We are. Okay, we are. Curious. We just are. But like if you could separate the room, like I played everything, like I played soccer and softball and basketball and ten- like anything I could get my hands on and then Megan would just like run forever. Like she, you know what I mean? It's what like, was she running no away from? <laughs> Me probably being like, do I play basketball? Do I play tennis? Do I play softball? Uh, but ours, our room, like growing up, you guys probably had the, like, it was probably like, you know, similar stuff on the walls. But if you walked into our room, Megan was on the left side. She had posters of like, you know, like Scott Bayo and Kurt Cameron before they became horribly creepy. Um, uh, and, uh, and by creepy, you mean Christian, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nailing it. I think they, <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, and then she had like, I and remember. What you have on your wall. Yeah, yeah. And she had like a, like a, like a tree with like a kitten. It was like, hang in there. It was like this sweet little Amazing part of the room. Wall. And then my side of the room was, 
Steve Largent, Phil Sims, Don Manningly, uh, also some Lawrence of the craziest Taylor. Christians you'd ever want to think about. Yeah. No, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so it, you know what I mean? I, I, I remember getting my, my first softball glove when I was like six years old and I slept with it. I just, like, I held it. That should have been your first indication of your game. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> so many. I mean, I just wish someone had taken me aside and been like, we're going to save you a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot well, of but, headache. But it, but it is, it is true that like sports and the history of it, be, the memories are amazing. Like my son is five and he just started playing t-ball and I found at my house our first, my first glove that, that I, that I use. And it's a little big for him, but like I brought it to him and he's now using the first glove that I ever used. I mean, used. it's so awesome. It's so awesome. And that it, it was signed by Tito Landrum, who is like a very like obscure player on the Cardinals from the 1982 World Series. He's the only player to uh, have won a World Series in both leagues in back-to-back years. He so won, won in 82 with the Cardinals and 83 with the Orioles. He That's was a very good-looking guy. I mean, we were... It, Wait, did they Ladies and gentlemen, Tito Landrum. Tito Landrum. the Brewers in 82. Uh, right, I, uh, do you remember that in 82? Uh, well, that's because I was selling uh, swag. I was uh, I was raised by salespeople. Yeah, and so, uh, so I was selling. So are uh, we. I feel like that's why we connect. Yeah, so I was selling by Brewers. By I, I was selling Brewers buttons in high school. I was a freshman in high school. Get out there and sell them, Jackie. That's it. My, and then I uh, I got called into the principal's office, and they were like, uh, "These are a not licensed." <laughs> 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 suddenly, suddenly, your assistant principal is like needs the express written consent of Major League Baseball <laughs> to do shit in your. Well, because my one of my brothers have got him. He said, "Hey, I got a hundred extras of these. Uh, if you want to try and sell them at school?" And so I sold like sixty of them uh, right, for a buck each. Nice. And then I get called in. I am wearing like four. That's all I got left. Because <laughs> I am the biggest goon in high school, so I'm wearing four of these. And he goes, "So I understand you're selling some." Uh, and I had taken them all off, but one. Uh. And uh, and I said. I understand you're selling those those uh, those buttons here at school, and uh, you're not supposed to sell stuff at school. And I said, "Did you want to buy one?" Uh, <laughs> always be selling. <laughs> always be selling. Always be closing. Always be closing. <laughs> always be closing. Yeah, you know, I, if I wanted to eat dinner, and uh, right. so. I, well, yeah, because I came home one time, and because and, they they expelled me for selling candy bars for they were supposed to be fifty student council candy bars, and mm-hmm. I was selling them for a dollar instead of fifty cents. So you marked them up. You I marked them up. up. A little little skimming, and when they called me in, they said, "Hey, we understand you marked them up," and I was like, "Yeah, but you're getting your cut. What are you?" Yeah, you know? Exactly. And so you they, are your just, father's daughter. Wait, right, they, so they did you me. actually in that moment try and bribe them into like I'll cut you in for twenty five no, cents no. if you keep your fucking mouth shut? I was so shut? confused. I was genuinely confused when I suspended. I was walking home, just like I thought about killing myself because I was like, wow. the world has gone topsy turvy. I'm right. in trouble for selling successful mm-hmm. successfully. And so I get home, and my dad and my sister are sitting on the couch, and uh, my dad looks at me very sternly. He's like, I heard what happened, and I was like. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, dinner's on you. Bam. Ah. <laughs> and, the, the, and him and my sister just started laughing. And I was like, what the fuck? Anyway, so, but my dad watched boxing when I was a kid. Did you guys yeah. ever watch boxing? Yeah, absolutely. A great boxing story. I mean, okay. like, again, and it was all sports, but I can tell you where we saw 
in my mind, the greatest boxing match of our lifetime. It was Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. It was 1987, and it was one of those fights that it was a fight that you could only get on pay-per-view, and our friend Howard Opinski <laughs> got the fight on pay-per-view, and we went over to his house and watched it. And in that fight, Marvin Hagler clearly, if you go back and watch the fight, beat Sugar Ray Leonard. But Sugar Ray Leonard, who was in the 70s, this – there was a great 30 for 30 about the Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran was a super macho guy. Sugar Ray Leonard was this good-looking, smile on his face sort of a guy. They had a really tough fight where Duran killed him. I beat him. Yep. And just beat him bad. Then went. Then shot him. Then shot him. No. no. Then Sugar, they had the rematch. And Roberto Duran, who's the most macho guy ever, quit in the middle. He said no mas, apparently, to the, and that's the name of the thing. So Sugar Ray Leonard kind of never got his shot, really, to fight back and show what he could do. Then later, he makes a comeback, and he fights uh, Hagler, who is the best fighter, I think, of and that And super time. intimidating. Super intimidating, a badass dude. And Sugar Ray Leonard got the crowd into it. And with a little flash and whatnot, he beats him in this thing on just on a decision. On points? Or? On points. And okay. it was like, the, again, the judges, it's so crooked. It's like figure skating. You know, judging it's so crooked. Boxing it's so crooked. Like it, so, I mean, it is not so, as crooked as figures. Well, I mean, it's not. Wow. What am I saying? But uh, no, but it was an amazing fight, and I just remember that was a time we were like freshmen in high school, and we saw this fight, and I knew where we. I can tell you where we were. I can tell you what it felt like to watch that, and you know, I mean, this is at a time when we didn't know what we were going to do with our lives, and yet that was a seminal moment for us to watch. Then you're watching this. Like, did you ever train to box or no. fight no. or kung fu or any? No. <laughs> no. How about yourself? Was there any hitting? No, okay, <laughs> no so. hitting. But but uh, talking about what Jason was saying, like I. You know, I think one of the, the wonderful thing about sports is really when you can share those moments, like with, with your parents. Like my parents were crazy sports fans and my dad and I, like, I have an older sister, the apple of, of his eye. And so my dad and I, we, we don't, we, we get along because, but we don't get along like that well because we're the same person. He's an absolute lunatic, right? <laughs> so, but we. He's a gay woman. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just always like, who's gayer? Um, but, uh, it was one. Uh, but no, we, we, we communicated through sports. You know, okay. he grew up in yeah. Brooklyn, a huge Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and he had this old little, uh, game that we used to play, and, uh, it was like a wooden baseball game, right? And then the sticks were the players, and you'd roll the dice, and if it was one, two, three, it was like a triple. Oh, and two, okay. Yeah, it was like this, am- and this like is what we did. Baseball. Yeah. yeah. And so I learned all about the Brooklyn Dodgers through these games. And I would pick, we were living in New York at the time, and I, you know, was a, a big Yankee fan. Uh, I apologize. And, um, and so, you know, so I learned about like kind of his life. And he'd go to Ebbets Field for a nickel. And this was like in the 50s, you right. know? So it was all these shared moments that like, yeah. you know, make everything super special. So I, I, and so then I started watching the Yankees like my whole life. And about six or seven years ago, my parents retired to uh, Florida, as you do. <laughs> and um, so they're in like the Tampa Bay area. Now they're raging Tampa Bay Rays fans, right? They watched every single game for the last like eight years, right? So I come down and he said something about, oh, the Yankees are playing the Rays. And I was like, oh, you're, you're, are you torn? Like, are you going to root for the Yankees? He goes, oh, I hate the Yankees. I've never liked the Yankees. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? Like, you watch all these Yankee games with me. He goes, oh, no, no, no. No, I've hated the Yankees since I was a little kid. And he faked he faked liking the Yankees so we could watch ball games together. That's, that's the most that's loving exactly. thing I've ever. Best thing ever. That as a beautiful. as a person, I'm like that's a little untruthful. As a dad, I'm like I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the sweetest it. thing ever. Look, I, I, I watched watch watch the, the movie t- Planes twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
twice. I watched McKenna, the American Girl story. More times than I would, more times than I would like to know. But, but I mean, it's, it's amazing. When we, our father, our father was no longer around and, and really instilled in us a ton of sports and whatnot. And, and our love of it, you know, we would go see like football Cardinals games with him. And, and so much of that was all of us doing it together. And like, there was so like something like, like we would be in Sunday school, Jewish Sunday school. Uh, and like, I mean, and he would, was it held know, on Sunday? There, yeah. Was, I don't, okay. Was there, is there non-Jewish? I don't know. And so we would, uh, yeah, it's it called church. <laughs> Held on is there a thing where non-Jews go to worship? What yeah, is that called? Uh, uh, is there a Lord other than the Jewish God? Okay, so, okay. so, um, no, and we'd be sitting in Sunday school class and like our dad would come to the window of the class, the thin window in the door and just hold up a bag of peanuts. And we would be like, all right, we're fucking out of here. And we'd be like, <laughs> and we would go and watch the Cardinals lose perennially every year. They were five and 11, six and 10, four and 12. They just weren't good. Okay. But we would go and sit with our dad and it'd be freezing. Just, I, I remember even the, the, the feeling of when you walked up out of the, uh, as you're coming up the steps, over the steps, down towards our seats, and could see the like unnatural color green of the artificial turf, and it was like this, like this feeling, like you were arriving in like Oz, you know, in the okay. Emerald City. It was like, you, oh, right, it was like the... open it up, and it was green, and it was beautiful, and like you saw the, the uniforms and the the cardinal on the helmet, and it was like, it's like a bookstore, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 it? <laughs> A comic book store. <laughs> is it? Is it like when your dad takes you out to the bar at around two in the morning? To yes. Talk to the bookie. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much All it. Right. Well, I remember right. our dad had never been to a World Series game. Now he lived in St. Louis, and St. Louis the Cardinals are good, and they've been to the World Series like nine times. He had ne- in his lifetime. He was born in '42. They were in the World 45. Series a couple times in the '40s, uh, three times in the '60s, three times in the '80s, and then in 2004. And he had never been to a World Series game that entire time. I mean, wow, it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, there are my mom's family lived in Canton, Ohio, which is where the Football Hall of Fame is, and I, we must have gone there like oh, I don't know, thirty times or. or t- or 20 times when we were kids, we never went to the Football Hall of Fame because the ticket was too expensive. That's that, right. to me, doesn't make sense at all that our dad was like, it's too expensive to go there. We're like, it's fucking Football Hall of Fame. We should right, go right. there. But he never went to a World Series game, and then we got tickets. Jason and I shot something for the MLB. Yep. This is such a great moment for uh, MLB Productions and for This Week in Baseball, which was a show that we watched as kids. And we shot something there, so we're at the stadium. We got to walk on the field before the game earlier in the day and our dad who could barely walk he at the time walked on the field with our mom we shot this thing in the seats we come back down and as we're down there this tall guy with a ponytail deep voice southern voice comes over to us in front of our parents it was such a great moment and he was like hey man i'm a huge fan of cheap seats i love that show you know i think you guys are great and we we're like oh my god thank you so he much walked away and we were like see mom say it to our parents see like this is why sports are great it doesn't matter if you're if you're the owner of a team or if you're the, the guy gr- who the groundskeeper here at at the, the guy who runs the ground here at, at bush stadium he gets our comedy he wakes like, up in the morning and puts the lines on the fucking on the field and he can relate to our comedy because sports is the conduit and then on the loudspeaker they're like at, ladies and gentlemen uh, singing the national anthem uh, today for us is uh, country music recording star Trace Atkins. <laughs> that That's guy what, walks over to the thing and we were like, <laughs> that was Trace Atkins. That was Trace Atkins. You're like, I'm pretty sure that guy's a janitor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. the, the janitor won five Grammys. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's, you know, I can't the, believe he, the, the he weird, still has to line the field. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> 
That's awesome. The weird thing my it's dad like Enrico would... Palazzo yeah. making guy. <laughs> the weird thing my dad would say when we were kids, he was like, whatever we say, I hope we win uh, the football game because I'm from Wisconsin and be the Packers, right? right? Or the Brewers or, or the, the Bucks. Um, the Bucks. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> but the, you know, uh, my brothers would say, I hope we win, I hope we win. And uh, my dad would go, do you own the team? Do you have a, a vested interest? <laughs> Is there money in this? And so he would always make fun of that. And then only recently have I realized that my father, uh, I've always known he has had a gambling problem, uh, but he actually did have money invested <laughs> as to whether or not a team would win or not. So he, was, he was incredibly nervous and tense in that moment. <laughs> yes. And he's he was, like, I just don't want any talking happening in my no, house right now. It was, he was never, he would watch every game, but he never enjoyed it. No, no, it no. It was always a, it was too intense. It's so intense. Like we're, we went to the University of Michigan and we're Michigan. Michigan football fans and basketball fans and like uh, it's honestly to the point where I don't enjoy watching my own team play because I'm so nervous Completely. like I'm a wreck I'm a wreck or what I, what I'll <laughs> I do am a wreck. what I'll do is I'll pause it and let more of the game happen and then I will fast forward through it with my eye on the score of a basketball game because I, totally I can't done that. handle the real time action I totally of it. done that like I, I I can't handle the not knowing if yeah. we're going to succeed. Yeah. No, I can't watch New York Giants games in public no. or around anyone because I turn into I pace like I get real like you I get shit. I get crazy. I've got a lucky New York Giants scarf from 1991 where I was wearing it around my neck when Scott Norwood hit the ball wide right, <laughs> and it was also around my neck at Yankee Stadium, the first, the only playoff playoff game I'd ever been to at Yankee Stadium because the tickets were in you know eight hundred ninety dollars and we had paid and drink tickets, so um, you know it, it's a little bit better now. Yeah. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> She's gonna be all right. But you know you have like a dollar, you know. So and I had that Yankee game. I had that scarf on uh, when. Um, Oh God! What's his name? Uh, Aaron Boone hit it out for oh. the Red Sox. That yeah. was the only playoff game I went. So anyway, it's it's my scarf. So I have to figure out when to take <laughs> the scarf, scarf out. I have to like, yeah. you know, like it's crazy. Like I have a routine. I was like, no one can see this crazy part of you. And yeah. during the the last Super Bowl, the Giants uh, Patriots, uh, the second time we destroyed them. Yeah. Um, I was dating this win? woman at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They won. Oh, they won. And I made her so nervous. I made her so nervous that she started vacuuming the house. <laughs> and I was like, why are you vacuuming? She's like, you're making me incredibly nervous. Oh, my God. oh Jesus. Well, I get it. We get, we get so, we get so negative, uh, about our team, uh, about like the Cardinals. We, we were, when the Cardinals were going on a run, like two, or in 2011, like, Here's an amazing, I'll get back to this, but in 2011, we, we would email with John Hamm, who's also from St. Louis, who's a year older than us, and he, we're kind of of the exact same, like, time frame with the Cardinals, and we're super fans, all of us, like, we care about them, but he's optimistic and we're pessimistic. So we'll, <laughs> we'll email him, like, well, this is over, this series is done, these guys are finished, the Cardinals should drive home, they should fly home and forfeit the next two games. <laughs> Like just all this negative stuff. Well, this past year we started doing that when they were playing Boston in the World Series and we were like, this is ridiculous. The Cardinals, why, why are we even showing up? Da, 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 da. And he just sends back a quick email. Usually he'll engage it and say, you guys are terrible. He's like, you guys are the worst. You have to stop. And we sent him back an email and we're like, no, we, we're never going to stop. We, we can't <laughs> stop doing this. And then we look on screen and he's like in the box at Fenway. No. At the game, we're like, don't stop, stop emailing us. Stop. What are you doing? You're at the game. Right. Like, I can't believe our negativity is seeping into Fenway Park. <laughs> like, 
and getting into this guy. I mean, he should not have ever responded to us. Uh, but, but, but where it's sentimental is, um, in 2011, the Cardinals played a game. I mean, it's, it's rough for Texans to hear this, but in 2011, game six of the World Series, I got, I'm getting, I'm getting a middle finger from someone in the back. <laughs> Game six of the World Series was the most incredible game. And Randy and I, basically, we were at a, we were filming, uh, United States of America in Denver, Colorado. And we were out at a, some, a, the cameraman, their DP was like, Hey, I got some friends here and they're fans of you guys from Cheap Seats and they want to take you out to a sports bar and watch the Cardinals game with you. Same thing as Foley. We were both like, I don't know if people can watch us because we watch like wish, yeah. wish like AIDS on every player. I mean, like, like, <laughs> Like, we can't, no one can see us, like, uh, want to inject them. You, you are know. not the heroes. No, no. We're like, where, I want to inject air into your bloodstream. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a terrible, when someone strikes out, it's no, a terrible. Like, <laughs> it's, no, it's, we're, we're the worst. And so, and so we were like, this is a bad idea. And so, but they conv- he convinced us to go out. So we go to the sports bar. And like, we don't, since we're married and we have kids, we just don't hang out in bars anymore. And it kind of stopped along the time when we started doing things where we're more recognizable. So we're not like used to being out in public like that. And like so many people were coming over to us. It was really cool. But at the same time, the Cardinals started like, you're trying to concentrate. We're, and, and the Cardinals <laughs> started losing. They start losing in this game by like three or four runs. And there's like a guy, uh, their pitchers on second base and he's got his jacket on. Like just waiting to be thrown out somewhere on the base pass because he's wearing a fucking jacket. <laughs> and we're like, if he scores, then we're leaving. We're leaving this bar and, and we're never going to watch the Cardinals again. <laughs> and I might jump off my, my balcony. So <laughs> guy, there's a pass ball. He goes to third. The next guy gets a base hit and he scores. And now the Cardinals are down like three or four runs and we are like livid, apoplectic. We're so angry. And then we realize there's a moment where we're like, well, you know, this is the age of the cell phone, like video camera. And it's not like we're celebrities, but like in the sports world, some people know us. Like, what if someone like discreetly was just like filming us, like losing, g- losing shit. our shit and wishing the worst possible things on our team? And then like mails it into like sportsgrid.com. The one would not go over well. No, it's in or whatever. Like one of these like sports blogs. And then it's like known yeah. that we're just the most toxic fans ever. <laughs> <laughs> And so we started to get nervous. So we're like, we have to leave this bar. So we get in a car, we get in the uh, cab and we start taking the car back. And as we're taking the car back, someone texts us and like, Alan Craig just hit a home run. They're down by two. We're like, oh, fuck. So we go back to the hotel, our hotel, where it's kind of empty. We get in the bar and then the Cardinals miraculously tie it up and go into the ninth inning. And then I think in the 10th inning, like they scored a run and then we scored a run. Then they hit a home run, scored two runs. Then we came back and tied it two runs. Then we held them and then David Freeze on the Cardinals hits a home run to center field and the Cardinals win game six. And as the ball's going out, Joe Buck, the announcer, says simply, simply, as soon as the ball starts heading into center field, he's like, and we will see you tomorrow night. That's a great call for a home run. He didn't even have to say it was a home run. Basically, the fact that they hit their home run means that there's going to be a game seven. It was such a beautiful call. And we will see you tomorrow night. And our friend emailed us and was like, can you believe he said that? as a tribute to his dad. And and then he sent us the call that his father, Jack Buck, who's a Hall of Fame announcer who we grew up with, made in 1991 when the Twins won and sent yep. it to a Game 7. Kirby off, Puckett hits a home run. And as the ball goes in the outfield, Jack Buck said, 
and we will see you tomorrow night the same way. And it was like this little nod to his dad. And for us, who we had just lost our dad two years before, like that moment like bound us to Joe Buck, who's a guy we kind of know. And it made that whole thing like super emotional. And we were like, for anyone who says, I don't get sports, I don't like sports, I never want to connect with it. Like moments like that that make you relate to your dead father or to, you know, this guy through this guy having this experience yeah. with his own father. Like that's why sports is amazing to us. I cry at a at anything sports. Yeah. I mean, when I'm you telling you, I, I literally, I literally, if you weren't here, I'd already be sobbing. Yeah. Um, but I, I am not like, uh, you know what I mean? Like if some, I'm like, Oh, I'm always like, Oh, all right, whatever. But sport, I'm like, oh, like I, I get, I get crazy emotional for sports. Like, like, and I also think like, if you take March madness, I don't know what it is about CBS sports, but they will play the, and I always, in March Madness, I always go down to my parents' house. Usually my dad was traveling, but he's now fully retired now because my mom's birthday is March 23rd. And my mom, Mary Agnes Kathleen Waters Foley, crazy March Madness fan. She goes so deep with March Madness, right? Awesome. And my parents fill out the brackets in pencil, round by round. I don't know, that's whatever. Amazing. That's That's how they. That's how they do the brackets. So my mom, it, CBS Sports, I swear to God, every between the every game – they will find the most heart wrenching mm-hmm. cancer, uh, prison you know, prisons, <laughs> like lost baby, found baby, like whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if that can lost happen, baby, but the baby. point is, um, and my mom and I will sit there, uh, and just like, I have, I have like the Michigan State dude, the, the center, oh, I, right? Did I you can't. hear that story? Yes. Yes. He goes to like, the hot, this is before the game and we're like, oh, I can't even, like literally sobbing before the game starts. And then I have to cheer, of course. Now I have to cheer for Michigan State because he's in the freaking cancer ward with the little kid. I know. Yeah. <sighs> I, mean, I, I can't cry in an acting scene to save my life if, if I needed to. There is a 10 second video that was up the other day. Uh, on, online and I highly recommend watching it. It's just a minor league hockey player coming over after the game. Did you see this? Mm-mm. And handing, uh, a kid, a boy who's like seven, you saw it, his stick. Oh, forget it. And giving him his stick. <laughs> forget it. And the kid, I'm going down. I'm going the kid, down. the kid's not even dying of anything. The kid is just, the kid's not even dying. <laughs> That's <laughs> Why isn't the kid dying? The kid, the kid, the, the, the pure elation in this kid's face and he starts squealing and scream like the guy's like here you go son it's all yours and it's all yours and the kid holds the stick and he he can't it's too much he he can't believe that it's his okay he's holding it and he and he starts freaking out and he starts screaming the way that we don't scream any like that anymore because yeah. we're too self-conscious and his dad's like no way and he's holding him and the and 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 the the dad was like he couldn't contain himself and the kid was like screaming and, and holding the stick and like laughing screaming at, for 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> and i was like just tears streaming on my face oh like sobbing like like couldn't breathe my and sobbing yeah. and watching it over and over and over again and i was like Man, that is just it. It's like it, it, it's so simple and it's so beautiful. And you know, if you don't get sports and you don't like sports, that's fine. But there is definitely a human entry point into the world of sports. Sure, yeah, it's that, yeah. magical. Well, that's. I mean, that, oh, yeah. I mean that that is the that's the thing that that 
I need explained to me, right? Because right, I right. have a, I have a, I, I don't, I don't watch sports and I, but I always, enjoy, I mean, I enjoy athletic prowess. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, I enjoy, <laughs> I, Boy, I enjoy course. people that are skilled at what they do, yeah, sure. uh, whether that is you a tried plumber. To, you tried to explain that there are rules and there could be a hacky sack game to me. There is. There was. There you did a whole foot, there's a yeah. football game where you kick it over a net. That was yeah. like a competition. Yeah, that's right. Which I don't. Uh, I, I'm more cooperative. I, I like a cooperative game. You know. This is what, what I, I couldn't, and you guys will appreciate this. She, Jackie's. I do a sports podcast called Sports Without Balls, and Jackie right. came on, and I made her. I made her watch the Olympics. She, right. You are a good sport about that. I but saw then some Olympics. You're like, well, I know hacky sack, and I was like. All right. Is that, um, is that a thing? And, she, and you just and kept saying, I kept saying, you're like, oh no, there's hacky sack games. And I go, oh, okay. So like, so who wins? Who wins? And, and are there goals? And how do you score? And she's like, no, they just, they just like kick it around. And I'm like, no, no. Uh, is, uh, is there an end zone? How do you, <laughs> no. like, I literally was like, it's not, well, no. You, I mean, you I couldn't get my get head OCD around about it and, and start counting how many people. And you well, you're talking about like and, a drum circle in like yeah, Golden no, Gate Park. No, totally. It's like, we don't know when it starts. Everybody smells bad. Yeah, I I will say that I started playing hacky sack because you could hold a beer and smoke a joint <laughs> while doing it. And, it's one uh, of the yeah, it's one but, of the but I mean, I'm, and I'm more of a and and but there there there's skilled hacky sack. I mean, there's tricks mm-hmm. you can do. There's, sure. So there, there's some there's there's tricks. Absolutely. Players. And then there's people where everybody in the circle hits the ball and that's a, that's a goal. <laughs> I just, it's not a goal. I was getting so, I was getting so anxious when she was, I was like, well, what is well, it? What is, well, what is it? How does it end? Does, oh, right. It ends when it, when your mom calls you in for dinner. <laughs> it's not again. It's sort of like kill the guy with the ball. Yeah. yeah. You just yeah. keep playing until, until the bell rings. Yeah. And you're like, and oh, you're, I gotta go wash done. up. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I, see you tomorrow. I do, I do like that because it is like communal. And I do like yeah, it because the community like, of it you is... can't be texting while hacky sack. I mean, I guess you could, but like, <laughs> you, I, it's, it's something that for Forces people to even if you're passing a tiny, uh, like bag. mini <laughs> bean bag back yes. and forth with your foot to someone. There is you are relating sending kinetic to energy to somebody and relating, and so therefore I can get behind that. Yeah, and it's super supportive. So when 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 you play with somebody, like I'm constantly trying to get someone to play with me. So I'm always and and so if you play with someone who never plays, you just are like, no, that's great, you're great, and they're like. I hit it once with the side of my knee and you're like, no, that's it. That's the, that's the first step. You know, you get it. And you're supposed you, to suck. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, supposed yeah. to suck initially. You just, and then you get it with your inside of your foot and then it's, it's nice. And, uh, and you try to, I explain. just like foot bag using the term foot bag because you can, and we did this on cheap seats. You just replace, like make it like a curse word. Oh, like foot bag. Hey, hey, foot, foot, hey you foot bag and foot bagger. Yeah. <laughs> you mother foot bagger. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Good foot bag issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I, but I, I get, like I do, like the last three minutes of a basketball sure. game. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I see the drama of that. Mm-hmm. The beginning hour of the basketball game <laughs> is harder for me just because I'm like, well, they're going to keep playing. So someone's going to keep scoring and then the it. last three minutes will be the big time. I get it. Yeah. But, um, but I do like, I mean, 
and I, and I, and I, you know, I've watched my nephews play and I've watched my nieces ice skate and, you know, it's all very exciting when they can ice skate backwards and, you know, and, and very and, difficult. Right. I don't. And so, but the, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, but I, but I don't follow a team and I don't, but I know more about the Green Bay Packers just through osmosis. Yeah. Just because I'm from Wisconsin right. and everybody keeps telling me. Well, I, well, we, we said this on, uh, we said this on uh, Marin's podcast when he was asking us about sports a, a, a while ago, and I, I think sports is the last bastion of civic pride. Like people don't re- – they care about their city, yes, some here or there, but like sports is a chance for us to be like, yeah, we're from Houston yeah. or we're from Sacramento. I mean there there is a – Real sports, by the way, I'm going to tout that program, not just because Brian Gumbel is a pompous asshole, but um, <laughs> but because that program is a great way for non-sports fans to get some human side stories into sports and cry about it. But there was yeah. there is a story about um, the Sacramento Kings. OK, they're a, ba- they're a basketball team in Sacramento and they were supposed to like leave Sacramento because the Maloof brothers were going to take them away and someone was going to buy them. And it was the thing about it was that that's the only professional team in the city of Sacramento. Like that was the source of their civic pride, even though they weren't a great team. They didn't want that last thing to like leave the city. It's almost like the factory. Le- it's like yeah, a Richard- they were saying it like that. I saw that it was an amazing program. And there was- I said like the city would have just like collapsed, just collapsed. In on itself like, or lost its spirit. It's like, do, the Kings. do you know Richard Rousseau? No. Okay, he's an amazing Phenomenal American author. author, and every one of his books is like about a small northeastern town where the factory already closed. Now, it's a okay. Movie. He wrote Nobody's Fool. That was oh, a movie right, that right. they did with Paul Newman and uh, and Mel- Melanie Griffith. I, whatever. But he's Season a strange. wonderful author. But it started to feel like that for Sacramento, and it was getting like that. And then this Indian, like na- born in India, like first generation businessman, billionaire. Uh, who had moved to Sacramento, like he felt the pain of the city and he stepped up individually and saved the team. And like, and for like a gazillion dollars, he bought the team to stay to in, keep Sacramento. Them in Sacramento. And like people all over the city, uh, people who I'm guessing probably were racist against anyone who wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like a little white. Indian dude. He's like a small S- dude, but really sweet and enlightened and so smart. Awesome. And like, and obviously you're brilliant. Cause he's a billionaire yeah. and he's self-made man. And it's incredible. And this town is like indebted to him and and people walked on the street and want to kiss his hand and thank him for saving this team and that's all about like they he like saved the city and that's great because I don't know if you've been to Sacramento but it's uh they have a, a part of Sacramento <laughs> called Old Sac which <laughs> yeah it's Old Sacramento they call it Old it's the creepiest name of very, any part of town it's a shame the economy is really sagging there uh <laughs> <laughs> It's an old set. Nice work. Uh, but it's a great place to buy a kite and yeah, some fudge. Sure. And uh, uh, old sack. Uh, sack and old sack. And old sack. Haggy sack and old sack. Yeah, that's, that's a great. Sorry, no, but you were talking about documentary. civic pride and 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 again, this kind of transitioned into something else that we want to talk about that we we're passionate about and we may not have time. But uh, I was watching on Netflix a documentary about the band Big Star, Alex Chilton and David Bell, and I mean it's it's an unbelievable documentary. I highly recommend watching it. But in that and in that documentary, which it was incredibly tragic, and as artists, we should all watch it because it's I don't know whether I feel good or bad after it about it, but it was like this all this talent and just because of a bunch of things, it never really got to be what it could be, and they just made a couple of great albums, but. There was a point in the middle there where, like after the third album, where this huge scene in Memphis, kind of this Memphis art scene, it was art and it was music, it was photography, and they kind of went on this 
big run of like something that's ugly is be- ugly is beautiful. And if it looks, if it's discordant, it's beautiful. If it's like you're taking a shot of like these wires up here and they just look all haphazard, that's art and that's beauty. But there became this huge surge of pride in Memphis linked into this music scene and okay. this art scene and so everything and that became a thing almost like sports where yeah. they say this is, we love Memphis and we can get behind Memphis because we're doing this art scene here that's happening right, right now in the late 70s it just to me was really cool right right it's any sort of that connection. had nothing to do with sports. Right? Well, no, but <laughs> it didn't. But it had. But, but everything <laughs> to do with civic pride, which is what you were talking about. Right. And we're talking about music. And too, and know. if and if Sacramento could embrace old sack, right, it would be like that. Because I don't know if you've been to mess, Memphis, but it is a mess. And yeah. uh, the fact that they could embrace Memphis and go, yeah, we're a we mess, have. and we are gonna yeah. fucking embrace we have been that. To Memphis. You yeah. have, but yeah. Where, yeah. yeah, you should. Uh, Austin, you guys have civic pride, right? You constantly tell yeah. me that tremendous civic pride. Tremendous I remember pride. when I first came here, people kept saying to me, "You know, we're the live music capital of the world." Right. <laughs> Every like twelve feet. Someone would say that. Uh, we got off the plane and there was a band playing in the airport. In the like, airport. A phenomenal oh, yeah. band. I'm like, what airport has a band? There, there isn't one. It's the greatest airport. I in the was world. like, this is amazing. I mean, yeah. we've been to Austin before, but I just thought, you it's know, it's always what? great. I was in like, the- this is different. This is different than other cities. Right here, right now, I'm getting off this plane and I'm hearing wonderful, beautiful music being played. As it's like welcoming me into this town. Yeah. It was cool. This is how much I like Austin. I. I I bought I bought a Longhorns baseball hat. <laughs> oh. Now I have been trained as a New Yorker to hate everything about Texas. It's like everything. Like I hate the Cowboys. I I I literally like, you know, as such a crazy sports fan, you know, they're the enemy. You know, the Cowboys are the, are the enemy. You know, I'll give you like, you know, some Texans maybe. I mean, the Houston Texans, you know, I'll give you a couple players. And uh but uh after performing here for the last couple of years and just like, uh, there's just like, there's just this friendliness and, and, and I went out dancing. I, I like to go out dancing a lot. And, uh, Art and Marina and I went out dancing on Thursday to Barbarella. It's like one of my favorite places to go dancing at. Oh, it's so awesome. And I was telling everybody when you're da- like, when you go out dancing and I literally go out dancing like across the country because I perform across the country, then I go out dancing. You don't, there's no eye contact on the dance floor, right? Austin, I've met like now people that come to see shows and we all go out and hang out on the dance floor. That's right. <laughs> literally, they're like, hey, and I was like, fuck it. I'm start, I'm going to cheer for University of Texas football team. Yeah. Oh, should. there you go. I'm going to do it. Charlie Strong. I'm going to do it. And that, that is a hard thing for me, but that's how much, uh, I, I like Friday it. Night Lights. That's a great example. That's a great example. No, I was watching the I was watching the news here uh, in Austin. That like I don't know why I watched the local news for five minutes, but like they were doing a sports report and like they were talking about NBA playoffs, hockey playoffs, and then they ended the headline. Like the headlining act was about a, a high school football coach who was changing schools. Yeah, that was the yeah. that yeah. was yeah. more important than the playoffs. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. more important than the yeah. Ukraine. It's what everyone sat through to wait to hear about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. Yeah, 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 the Ukraine. All right, yeah, 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 yeah Middle nice. East peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is yeah. he fucking staying at this high school? I need. Yeah. <laughs> He's moving to the next county. What? <laughs> Odessa. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. It's okay. So are there sports, uh, are there, what I usually do in the last five minutes is mm-hmm. talk about any, 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 anything you're reading that you would recommend? Mm-hmm. Anything, whether mm-hmm. it's online or the yeah. written word, yeah. a book or uh, a magazine or anything mm-hmm. like that? Is there, what, what do you, what are you reading? Anything good? Oh geez, what was the last thing? I have two things. You have a baby. You haven't done shit. I haven't done. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. No, I start one. Pa- uh, the last book I read that I just that I literally just finished was "Ask the Dust" uh, by John Fonte, and that was phenomenal. That's a great book. Yeah, thank you. Fiction. Was, uh, yes, fiction. Uh, American about a writer like a, ma- uh, a brilliant character. It's like he, there was like it's in a series of three books about Arturo Bandino. That's the name of the main character, and it's about him being in L.A. in the 1930s and falling in love with this uh, Mexican waitress and him like writing a uh, a piece that got into a magazine and it's brilliant. Okay. Loved it. Loved it. Oh cool. Uh, sports, I have right, two right, things yeah. I have two things. One a okay. sports book that our really good friend, we become good friends with him. Uh he's on Baseball Tonight, he which is a big show on ESPN. He writes for Grantland. His name is Jonah Carey. He wrote two phenomenal phenomenal books. The most recent one that he wrote and he sent it to us as a promotional thing we had him on our podcast uh about the Expos and it's it is it's about baseball in Montreal. Baseball yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. It's about the Expos. It's called uh, Up Up and Away and it's really Forget about that it's I – mean, yes, he gets deep into the baseball, but it's literally the story of this organization that they should not have had a baseball team come to Montreal. It happened. Then all of the civic stuff that behind it and why it didn't work and how despite all the odds, they actually made it to a place – I mean the story is known, So, but he really tells the story of this organization. So I, I've been reading that, and then the, I've sort of coupled it with by reading uh, Morrissey's autobiography, which is <laughs> – I mean, first of all, put out on Penguin Press, which they don't do any autobiography. So he's like, there's going to be literary. Uh, (laughs) And I have been playing my daughters so much. Like, I got a record player for my birth, for my birthday. And my wife got me a record player. And I've just been, like, gobbling up records. So I've already been to Waterloo. I've already been to Encore. Uh, And I just have been, in every city I go now, I have, like, I go and gobble up records. And so I've been trying to play my kids, like, all the Smiths and Morrissey. And they, they love it. It's like my... It's just incredible. Like, I, I, you know, Morsi, he's got this tremendous Latino following, which is just amazing. And I've been trying to understand. I think it's because he's like so dramatic. He's like a Telemundo. You know what I mean? He's like, his music is like a telenovela. And, and I, and so like, I realized that my kids are kind of dramatic too. And it's like, it's just so fun to play that stuff and get them into that sort of thing. So I've been reading the autobiography because I just want to see, I'm just fascinated by him and, and what changed for him. And it's, it's an amazing, it's a little hard to get into, but when he starts talking about seeing Bowie for the first time, when he starts talking about his absolute fascination with the New York Dolls. So now, you know, I didn't know much about the New York Dolls. I knew a little bit about them and David Johansson and like the fact that he made like the most annoying wedding song ever in terms of hot, hot, hot. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I feel like now that I've read this, I can excuse him for that because I ju- you when underst- was it published? Is it recently published? Recently. He okay. recently published it. It's called Autobiography. How, <laughs> how Morrissey is that? That is very, very How good. Morrissey is that? Yes. It's so good. So those are the two things I'm reading, and I highly recommend both. Finally. <laughs> finally, the, some self-absorption. Morrissey gets to talk about you know, Morrissey. He gets to really check in with himself. <laughs> it's a high bar, and he reaches it. So yeah. it's pretty amazing. How about you, Aaron K. Foley? What's, what's happening? Well, I just ordered two... Um, uh, Sports books on Amazon. Well, one, because I'm interviewing this, uh, a really good ESPN writer, uh, Kate Fagan, and she came out with a new book, uh, from her time of playing basketball at University of Colorado, and she was figuring out that she was gay and, uh, her entire team was Mormons. 
And uh, so that's wow. going to be a phenomenal read. And then she's going to be a guest on Sports Without Balls when I go to New York in May. So that's going to be super cool. And then I never read Confederacy of Dunces, Confederacy of Dunces and I just banged that oh, out. I- and it's um, it's like one of the best books. It's one of my favorite books I think I've ever read in my life. I yeah. just... Uh, all right. Just stop reading that one. All right. I uh, I just finished uh, the Furious Cool, the biography of um, Richard Pryor. Wow. So uh, how was that? How was that? There was uh, it's uh, he was a mess. Yeah, he was. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> Richard Pryor? Are we talking about the same Richard Pryor? <laughs> It feels like Richard Pryor died way before he died, though. He's like yeah. one of those guys. It's like where, a weekend at Bernie's thing. You just like, where you're just like, up. right. It was like, I, he died in 2005 and I could have sworn he died in 1997. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, but the, the early part of it, just talking about him breaking into all the stand up and, and the kind of stuff he was writing and the kind of stuff that, that came out. I was like, Oh, that is, cause I've never, um, I, uh, I, I've been watching stand up live, uh, for many years and so never listened to any album of stand-up comedy uh and so um the i i yeah so he I'm just sure he could great. make me laugh i was listening to one bit of his i almost drove my car into a like a guardrail listening to this on like the radio <laughs> but he was doing a bit about it was old like 70s and it wasn't dirty but it was about like uh the like a winos he was talking about winos he's like the only thing winos care about is running out of wine so yeah. if a wino runs out of wine it doesn't matter like you could have he could be face to face with with Dracula. Yeah. Dracula looking into a window going to, you know, to for someone he's going to end the wine up you'd be like, "Hey. You know, like, hey. What's your name? Hey, boy. What's your name?" <laughs> he's like, "Dracula. What the hell kind of name is Dracula?" The, <laughs> the way he said Dracula. <laughs> I was like, I'm going into a garden. It made me laugh so hard. It was not dirty at all. And like, I just was like, man, that's so. There's a great documentary. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was good only because like, you know, live at the Sunset Strip, they didn't record on the Sunset Strip. They recorded it down in uh, Long Beach. Right. And they talked about how the, how he, went to record it the first night and it was terrible. Right. And, and he the, apologized. And he, but and like they have the footage of that. Yeah. And like people heckling him and just like it was really bad. He got lost. He didn't know what he was doing and then he came back the next, the next night, night to do this exact same set. And he killed it. And destroyed. And then yeah. that's what we all know. But a lot of us didn't know that that – and to see the that, footage of that is – It seems like every night of my career. <laughs> I'm like, like, could every... I do that one again? Can, I, <laughs> can we repeat? You guys, okay. So it's at Sklar Brothers on Twitter. Yeah. And is it SklarBrothers.com with, for, uh, as a super, gateway? SuperSklars.com will tell you what it is. But we have the new special on Netflix. And I don't know when this comes out. but In, uh, in a week. In a week. It's, so yeah. actually at that time, it's going to be available, the CD, DVD on iTunes and that's where we're kind of pushing people. But if you have Netflix, stream the shit out of it and give it. Yeah, do that. Do that. And what's it called? It's called Sklar Brothers. What are we talking about? Excellent. And and how about Lady with Pockets? Lady uh, with Pockets is uh, yeah. Your my current new album. It just came out last week. I I I just someone said, oh, when does it drop? And I was like. No, it comes out. Um, it comes out. I don't drop anything. I am a white lady. And, uh, 
<laughs> so it, 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 it came out last week. You can get it on iTunes. Well, and are a uh, gay white lady, yes. so, it, yes. so it is going comes. to come out. Yes. Uh, that's all Boom. it could do. The album comes out before the jokes. And, uh, your, yeah. uh, and, and your Twitter is at Aaron Foley Comic? Yes, yes. With a C? Uh, you know, it's, and, and I list the website? stuff there. Um, uh, AaronKFoley.com. There you go. So, uh, JackieCation.com, Dork Forest. Thank you so much for seeing a live Dork Forest in Moon Tower in Austin, Texas. Thanks a lot, you guys. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?